570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570 in LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on AM 570 LA Sports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Okay, let's go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete, AM570 LA Sports. Just an hour for us today. Let's get started with the Lakers last night. And, uh, well, that's how they do. That's how they do. They, they, You know what? It was an entirely different team that showed up from game one. They yeah. look like an entirely different team. Yeah, they really did. It looked like they got their legs under them, Fred. looked like they were not just... Um, feeling out the game to see how it goes it was it was the true laker team showed up okay now the series has started it's, it's kind of what it felt like right is it okay you guys got us in game one we're kind of feeling ourselves through we've done this in the past now now you're going to see the, the the true lakers we still didn't play our best but we gave you a glimpse of what we can we can actually do and why we're the champs you know they uh they asserted their will that's yeah. what they did. They came out aggressively right off the bat. First possessions down, AD, who did not even go near the blocks in the first game, all of a sudden working inside and LeBron trying to get him the ball, forcing him the ball. Yeah. Making sure that he had touches early in that game and that turned that, that turned the whole thing around. Yeah, no doubt. You think they they had some uh, somebody gave him some talking to Fred? Yeah, I somebody think gave him some talking to before this game. Yeah, I think somebody gave him some talking to. I also think that after they sat back and watched tape of the first game, they were able to see what everybody else saw that was watching the game. Only they got to see it now on tape. That AD was basically invisible. He didn't do anything. He didn't assert himself. He wasn't involved. Last night, he was very involved. Yeah. He was very involved in everything. You got to give AD credit because he... He didn't. He didn't need to watch the tape. He knew it right after the game. And, you know, you talked to him in that you know post game press conference after game one, and then before game two, he knew it. He said, I, "We're not going to be a win if I play like that. We're not going to win anything. We're not going to win the series. We're not going to win a championship if I play like that. I have to be better. I have to assert myself." So he knew it. He knew it, and players do know. They know when they didn't play well, and he wasn't. He was null and void in that first game. What I loved is that he did come back. He responded. Because he was criticized by everybody, including us, uh, across the league about he has to be Anthony Davis. He has to assert. We said that in the bubble last year. He's got to be Anthony Davis. And he was Anthony Davis last night. But what I loved even more, not only was he talented, Anthony Davis, with all that talent at 6'11 and can go inside, outside, shoot the three, all the things that he can do. He was aggressive. He was talking smack, Anthony Davis. He was He was vocal. Anthony Davis and he was Anthony Davis with an attitude and I think that's the thing that people want to see from him because sometimes he's looked at as and you said this because your kids were watching the first game saying oh he's kind of soft he was kind of soft you want to see a guy like that with that kind of talent have that killer that Mamba that Jordan that attitude that LeBron like I'm gonna I'm step it on your throat and you can't stop me you know 
And uh, later we'll get into another guy that's got that kind of killer thing. But I want to talk about Anthony Davis right now. So I was more impressed by his attitude of you can't stop me, you can't guard me, and put a hand up, do whatever you want. I'm scoring tonight. That's what happened. I mean, yeah. he took control. He asserted himself very early in that game. The game was also very physical. Uh, and the Lakers won most of the 50-50 balls. So they were highly aggressive last night. If there was a ball on the floor, they were on it. If yep. there was a long rebound, they were going to get it. If there was a ball that could go either way, they'd tap it out to one of their teammates. You didn't see that in game one. I mean, I thought KCP was horrific. He couldn't shoot again. But he made some hustle plays last night that kept the ball alive and allowed the Lakers to score. Yeah. Now, Frank Vogel also did some interesting things in his rotations. And we didn't see that in game one. Yeah. Uh, Marcus all Marcus all yeah and now here's the thing about Marcus all he hit a big three last night and you could tell they actually offensively had more motion when he was on the floor because they spread the floor when he's when he's out there but he did become and you saw it yeah a defensive liability he'd get caught in a screen he couldn't get back anybody yeah. got a half step on him they were to the hole it was that simple he can't get back he, he's just a defensive liability. So you, you have to pick your poison. When you want him on the floor for offense, you know you might give something up on the other side. Yeah. But it was nice to see him out there. It's nice to see because when he's on the floor, especially if he's on the floor with AD and AD's playing like that, uh, a lot of times AD will cover up some of the lack of defense from Marcus or anybody. You'll, you'll see that uh, if a guy gets beat. Uh, AD's a tremendous rim protector, and he's he, he did that yesterday, and when he's at his best, he's doing that. So he kind of can alleviate some of that, but you're right. You, can, you, you can't go to the well too often with Gasol, play him in spots, but I definitely think there's moments where he needs to be in the game. Also, I thought last night Andre Drummond actually played his best game as a Laker. Yeah. He looked good. He, he was, was assertive, he, yeah. He was strong. He was physical. He was knocking guys around. Now, granted, he may not be the most graceful guy in the NBA. Okay, we'll give you that. He may not be the most graceful. But boy, last night, he was doing what needed to be done. And all of a sudden, when he plays the way he should, and Anthony Davis plays the way he should, there you go with the Lakers again. They're gigantic. They're enormous. Yeah. yeah. They, they really present huge matchup problems for anybody because they're so big. And when Andre Drummond plays like that and is able to control the tempo inside, control the boards, now the Lakers are an entirely different team. That was his best game as a Laker. Anthony Davis played like he's supposed to play. And even if he doesn't score 34, he was in it from the beginning to the end. They're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, and if they need, they need him to be that way because Anthony Davis... Uh, when he's going like this, he's going to draw so much attention, which I think was a big thing too, Fred, is that although, you know, we saw the complete, we call it the complete Swiss army knife, knife of uh, Anthony Davis inside, outside, you know, taking, you know, taking initiative, going to the basket. But when he can go to the block and he can draw all those numbers and draw that attention and you have a guy like Drummond that could clean a lot of things up, that's when it becomes a real mismatch because you do have to devote so much attention to Anthony Davis. If he's inside, that does leave Andre Drummond you know, left to clean things up. 
you get second chance opportunities, things like that. Or if LeBron is driving to the basket, it leaves Andre Drummond there to clean something up because you got to help on LeBron. So it's critical that he is active and play the way he played yesterday because if he plays like that, they, they really are tough to beat because they can go big with anybody. Now, I'm glad you bring up LeBron. He did hit some big shots last night, some critical shots. And please, please, if you're to be really honest, when you see him dribbling down the shot clock and then backing in and then turning and then shooting these fallaway jumpers, be honest. You're going, oh, God, please, no, no, LeBron, no, and it goes in. Yeah. Don't No, don't take that shot, LeBron, and it goes in. He had a couple of those last night. Yeah. He works the clock down. In big moments. In big moments. Here's the thing I take I take away from that. I don't know if it's going to bite him long-term or not, but tell me if you agree. He's shooting those shots, and he's hitting them more often than not, which is great. He's shooting those shots because he can't get to the basket. That's not the way he plays. Yeah, he'll shoot them occasionally. No, he relied on them last night. Can't get inside. Can't go to the basket like he could. I don't know if that's a function of his ankle or not. But I think that's something to keep an eye on. When he is shooting these 25-foot turnaround fall away at the shot clock threes, that's not how he plays. Yeah, he'll shoot them once in a while. His game is go to the basket. And he wasn't going to the basket. And I don't know, again, I don't know what that is a function of, but that's not his game. And I think that's something, Rodney, to keep an eye on long term. But that's not how he plays. Yeah, maybe. Or or maybe, you know, a lot of times he's this way too. If he feels something is working, he's going to keep going to the well, which is what, what I think for him right now and probably throughout his rehab, the one thing that he was able to continuously do was shoot. You know, he may not have gone because of the ankle, dealing with the ankle. Even when the ankle was probably he could walk, couldn't walk, you know, very well, he was still shooting. So I, I think that part of a game either got better or it didn't diminish during the time that he was off because he could continue to shoot. And I, I think he's got a lot of confidence in his shot right now. And I think he's a player that he goes with the confidence. If this is working for me, I'm going to keep going to the well. I'm going to keep going to the well. So, yes, I think it is something you took you take a look at to see going forward if he's going to go attack the basket. But when they're going in like that, even the game they lost, it wasn't, it was for, if he wasn't hitting threes to keep him kind of close in that game, that game was a blowout in the first half. If you remember, he hit some big time shots early in that game and even in the second half to keep that game relatively close. So he's got his shot going and I'm not mad at him. And, and I think part of it will be Phoenix is thinking the same thing. And all of a sudden we're going to see a game where he does go play bully ball and get at the rim and just get multiple, multiple points in the paint. I think the Lakers did play bully ball last night, by the way. Yeah. I thought they were really physical. They were not going to get pushed around again. When they want to play defense, uh, there's uh, and, and stats prove it, obviously. When they want to play defense, there's not a better defensive team in the league. When they want to clamp down and shut somebody down, uh, multiple times they, they force Phoenix to run out the shot clock. They can stop a team when they say and set their mind to, we're going to play defense, we're going to shut this down. They did it. Yeah. The only time they didn't do it, the only time, at least in my observation watching, 
was when Gasol was on the court. Because yeah. that created all kinds of problems for them defensively. I mean, guys were just getting to the basket. They were just running by him. That was a real problem. And again, I like to see him play, but defensively, he's just not quick enough. Guys are running by him to the basket. I mean, rebounding, he's there. If the ball goes up, he'll move guys out. He'll move guys around. It's not a problem. But guys can get around him. And yeah. that that was a problem. And the, Yeah, when they, when they pick pick and roll for him yeah. or pick the, the switch for him, it, it, it makes it very difficult. How, how frustrating were you in the fouls of the three-point shots at the end of that game last night? What are you doing? What are you doing? What, what are you Why doing? are you even close? What What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I, I had the Clippers on another TV, and I said, no, I'm going to watch the end of the Lakers. There's like 20 seconds left. Yeah, yeah. The fouls, I said, change it. Put it on the big TV now. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the Clippers from this point on. No. What, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Yeah. What could you possibly be thinking fouling like that? Three-point shots. You're yeah, fouling it was Booker guys. back-to-back times down the court. Back-to-back, they fouled him uh, on the three-point line. Let's get away from him. Yeah. You know what? Get away from him. Let's get the hell out of here. We won. What, why are we extending this? <laughs> what are we doing? We're helping them. Let's get away from them. Yeah, that, that yeah. made zero sense to me. Uh, Chris Paul. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the thing about Chris Paul. He can't play. That's the thing about Chris Paul. He can't play. He's hurt. He doesn't want to be hurt. I think he hit a shot in the first half, and he started banging his head going, let's go, let's go, trying to play through it, trying to play through the pain. But you watch him getting the ball up the court, he's dribbling with his left hand. Yeah. He's not even dribbling with his right hand. Then he's trying to go around. They had to get him out. They put him back in. They had to take him out again. He's really hurt. If he's in that game, Maybe it's a different story. Maybe. Or maybe the Lakers are just going to assert themselves. But Phoenix is is really hobbled and crippled without him. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, it's a shame. You, you feel for, for Chris Paul uh, because he is as good a competitor and player the NBA has ever seen. And it's unfortunate that he has, he has the reality has gotten hurt in the playoffs. And at critical time. So it's it's been it's been a tough road for him, especially coming to this point where he's led that team all season long to the number two seed and then first game of the playoffs he gets injured. It's just I don't know, you know, if it's snake bitten or he's needs to throw some salt over the left shoulder when the playoffs start. I don't know what it is, but it's it's unfortunate. And Monty Williams said it. He said, Look, I had to take him out. He just much as I want him on the court, if he's even somewhat effective on the court because he's our leader and inspiration, but I had to take him out because he was not effective. He cannot play. And I think they were talking about last night that if he couldn't finish that game, we're talking 48 hours, is that shoulder going to be better in 48 hours for him to be effective? And if he's not effective, if he can't play, if he's not close to 80 90%, there's no chance Phoenix has in this series. They'd have no chance without Chris Paul. They'd have no chance with a 50% Chris Paul or hobbling around with a one-arm Chris Paul. So they're in they're in real deep trouble because now they've got to come back to Staples Center for two games and worry about if I'm them, I hold him out for this next game and then hope that he can 
he can play game four and, and beyond. Because if they try to get him to go, it's going to get re-injured again where, where it's most vulnerable right now. And then they really don't have any chance. Their only chance, I think, is to hold him out this next game and hope he's, you know, it gets more time to heal for game four. Has he, have the Lakers taken control of the series now? Is that a fair statement? I think so. I think so. I think they gave him life. We talked about that. They gave Phoenix life uh, in that first game. But we talked about chalking it up to a lot of hype, a lot of anticipation. Phoenix, we knew they were going to come out on fire and all charged up, fans in the stands, first playoff game in 11 years. We knew all that, and, and they came out and punched the Lakers in the mouth in the first game. Now it's back to reality. I think the Lakers brought them back to reality. And that's exactly what the Lakers had to do. Everybody felt, and this is the reason why the Lakers were favored in the series going in, that they're the better team. And they showed that they're the better team. So now Phoenix has to go, not only have to go to L.A. to play two games with the, with the Lakers, then they have to do it without their leader in Chris Paul. And it's now a real uphill battle because they, they felt the presence of a better Laker team last night. Now, how about this? Uh, because you talked about Chris Paul a second ago, is it disconcerting at all that Phoenix was actually able to claw back into it with Chris Paul not being there? Or is it just they have the home crowd behind them and it's different when you're on the road without your leader? Or if you're the Lakers, do you, or if you're Phoenix, do you feel confident we can hang with these guys when Chris isn't even on the floor? I think that was a function when they clawed back into it, and they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a function of Gasol being on the floor defensively. Okay, That's what I thought happened. That's when they clawed back into it. Mm-hmm. They had big shots, though. and they had big had shots. nothing to do with Gasol. Yeah, but the uh, problem was, yeah, Booker, Payne, a lot of those guys yeah, yeah. were well, playing Payne, with confidence. And look, a lot of that can yeah. be from playing at home, you know, too. Yeah, like you can't discount that with fans in the stands too. Yeah, and, and there's a difference knowing it's a difference starting the game with Chris Paul, knowing he's in there, and then he gets he gets hurt during that game, as opposed to going to into a game without him. Good and point. And then he's in stress in street clothes. That's a whole different ball game. You know, so part of that is, oh, our leader, we just went down this game. We got a little, we're going to give a little extra, have a little motivation. But when you start the game without them, that's a whole different mentality. So I chalk it up to a lot of things. Them playing at home, yes, they did make a run. But again, it wasn't sustainable. And, and, and they all talked about it. You know, the last three minutes of the game, it comes down to guys like LeBron and Chris Paul. As good as Devin Booker is, and, and he's a superstar, don't get me wrong. But it's those guys that in the crunch time moments, know how to navigate the last three minutes of a game and they didn't have them and if they don't have them it's, it's going to be tough on them all right let's do the clippers now no let's just keep going <laughs> uh, you know i've said over and over if they don't get to the western conference final not only is it a disaster of a season but it knocks them even further back in the marketplace because they have Kawhi leonard and they have paul george they've built a team now that is expected at least in their camp and around the league, not so much in the market because, you know, their footprint is larger outside of L.A. than it is here. Uh, they need to be there. And they got beat again. Again. Luka Doncic. Yeah, Kawhi scored. It was great. Could somebody cover this guy? Now, And granted, he's hitting circus shots and threes off one leg. and But Dallas was in it. The, the thing about watching the Clippers here, and it wasn't about really finishing in this one. It was more Dallas was in it all the way. I mean, all the way. It was nip and tuck. The Clippers never were able in that game to say we're the better team. Ever. Because it was tight 
back and forth. Nobody could really get any breathing room until the Mavericks did. So, Rodney, I think the Clippers now are in huge trouble. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're in they're in big trouble. Here here's my thing. And when you watch this series, and we just talked about the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are a team that are young. They played at home, a lot of energy in that first game. I think in deep down inside, they know that the Lakers are the better team. They're the defending champs. They think maybe if we play our best, we go out there and play our best, we got a chance to win. We got a chance to win every game. And and we have to be on. All all cylinders have to be working for us to beat the Lakers. And we beat them at home. We can maybe get one in L.A. But uphill battle, but we have to play our best. The Dallas Mavericks, they know they can beat the Clippers. They they know play whether they play at home or away, they know they can beat the Clippers. They have no fear of the Clippers. And get ready for this, Fred. I want everybody to, 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 to tune in because the – and and I love Adam because he's our guy and he's you know he's got you know he's got bills to play with pay with the Clippers. That's I get that, right? Okay, all right. Okay. And and a lot of people that were saying this. I want that same energy, and no disrespect to Ty Lue, but I want that same energy that they put on Doc Rivers about getting him out of here and he's not the coach and he can't coach and he's no chemistry and he didn't make adjustments. I want that same energy on this Clipper team, because what I said last year was it is about the players. It is about the players. So don't give me this. Oh, well, because everybody said, oh, yeah, Ty is going to make some in-game adjustments. You just mentioned Luka Doncic. He gave them the business. And you're going to tell me you got the best two wing players and two-way players in the league. Been hearing that for the last three years, right? They got the best two-way players in the league. He gave them the – it didn't matter who was guarding him. He gave them the business. And they ran so many pick and rolls to get the right guy on Luka every single time that he's playing against Pat Beverly and giving Pat Beverly the business and talking smack to him along the way. I, I, I It was a brilliant performance in the last two games. But where's, where's the adjustments to that? Where's the adjustments to switching Kawhi? Because everybody played him. Why are we switching? Why are we not switching? Why don't we fight through? Why don't we? Why? Why don't we defend him a little bit different? Because yes, he made some circus shots, but he also made some open shots. So give me that same energy. The, the people that were all on Doc last year about oh oh Doc didn't make any adjustments. Give me that energy this time. The down 0-2 at home. Are we gonna blame Doc for that too? It's also less about Luka, too, and more about why is the Hardaway Jr. and Finney Smith and these guys lighting you up? You could even say Luka's a superstar, he'll get his, but you can't allow the periphery guys like that, the role players wide to open light you shots. up, too. Exactly, right? Wide open shots. Ridiculous. Uh, Chris Asporzingis running down the lane, wide yes. open, getting dunks, like things, defensive breakdowns. We're talking about chemistry issues with the yes. Lakers and trying to figure it out. The Lakers, in spite of all their lineups and guys being in and out, have been spectacular defensively all year long. The Clippers have been great offensively and up and down on defense, and their defensive deficiencies were showing so far in games one and two of this series against Dallas. And that's independent 100%. of Luka Doncic, but with the other guys yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, yeah, I get it. You want to stop Luka, and you're going to try to stop Luka, and you saw Paul George on him. We saw Kawhi on him. We saw multiple guys on him. But he ended up on Pat Beverly. And somebody, you know. And then on top of that, when he did get doubled, 
you know, they ran. I, they must have ran the same play I, I, maybe fifteen times. It got wide open shots where they they flashed a guy to the to the uh, to the free throw line in the middle. He kicked it to Hardaway Jr. for a wide open three, or someone else for a wide open three. They must have ran it every. I don't know how many times they ran it. Every time Luca came up the court and he got doubled, they flashed a guy to the middle. Then he'd do one more pass, and it was a wide open shot. So to your point, Kevin. Where's where is the defense in recognizing what they're doing to you, and where is that adjustment? Again, like I said, I I, I love Tyloo and, and I love Doc, but at some point you can only do so much as a coach, and you got to have either desire or you got to recognize what's going on in the moment as a player to make some adjustments as well. Clippers now have an uphill battle. I mean, they're down 0-2. Doesn't get much worse than that, and they're going on the road, and they got to be bad. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't just lose. Dallas looked like the better team. Right. And that's what that's what I said earlier. In this game, there was no point watching where you thought the Clippers were the better team. There was no point where you saw that game last night where you thought, all right, Clippers are up by 10 here. Yeah, I get it. I understand. Yeah, Dallas might make a little run, but the Clippers are the better team. There was no point. None. Watching it, you thought Dallas is the better team. And yeah. the Clippers are trying to hang with them. And what does that say? I mean, this will be, I thought last year was a disaster. It was bad. This will be horrific. If they get knocked out in the first round, I, honestly, I don't know what you do. Yeah, how do you come back from that? I mean, you can't make the argument and say, well, we have Kawhi and Paul George. Because you know what that's telling me? If that happens, that doesn't work. Right. You're, you're back in no man's land. You're, you're that, right that- that combination doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. Well, hey, we've got these two guys. You can't do much better than that. Well, apparently you'll have to if it doesn't work. Because it's not working. With that kind of talent, for them to be down 0-2 is a bad look. What I'd like to, wouldn't you like to be a, a, a fly in the wall or just have a private conversation with uh, Rajon Rondo? Just kind of because he's been with the Lakers and now he's with the Clippers and just seeing how they function and being in some of those huddles, some of those shots of him just being frustrated and and kind of going, even going back and forth with Ty Lue and some of the other teammates. It, it was like, what are we doing out here? What are we doing out here? And they look like they look like fish out of water. They really do. Like they look like they're not ready to play. And Dallas is. 100% have been looking forward to this, waiting on this, bring it on. We're going to hit you in the mouth, and we're going to keep hitting you in the mouth. And they're doing it. The conversation I'd like to have would be with Steve Ballmer. I, I'd like to sit down with Steve Ballmer. and say, <laughs> You wonder what he's thinking right now, yeah. or are you going to wait to see if they get bounced in the first round and then have that conversation? I'd like to have two conversations. <laughs> I'd like to know what he's thinking right now. He's pissed right now, don't you think? Oh, my God. Think about this. He came in. They were able to change the culture. He came in. He invested heavily. He spent money. It's not like he's not spending money. They went out and got arguably, the well, without question, the best player available on the free agent market, but certainly one of the top players in the game. They then traded to get the hand-picked guy to go with the free agent. Gave up all those picks to get Paul George. Signed Paul George long-term. 
if you've signed Paul George long term and they they get knocked out, you've you've signed Paul George. You you kind of have to sign Kawhi if he'll stay. You really have no choice because you'll be really bad without him. And then you've got him, yeah. and they can't get over the hump. Yeah. And and here's the thing too: when you look at these guys, and you look at superstars on teams. There's not a, with those two guys, they're both pretty much the same guy in terms of personality. LeBron can jump all over AD. He can get in his face. He can get in anybody's face, and he's loud, and he's vocal about his leadership. Magic Johnson was vocal about it. Yeah, Kareem. Kareem didn't talk that much. Kareem wasn't going to get on every. Magic got in everybody's face. Uh, Miami. D-Wade was going to get in everybody's face, Right? D-Wade was going to let everybody know. Kobe and Shaq. Kobe was going to let everybody know how to play, what to do, right? They don't have that on the Clippers. With those two guys, one of them's got to be kind of a vocal guy, you know, that's going to be, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you know what's going on, and we're not going to settle for this. But most, but both those two guys are not vocal leaders. Yes, they, they you know, and there's you can lead by example. Kawhi is that guy lead by example. But even in Toronto, they had Kyle Lowry, who was a vocal, energetic guy that got the whole team going, and they respected him. Between those two guys, they don't really have that. And I think that is a that is a major issue with them because those two guys of your two best players, both of them, are more of a passive personality. Okay, well, we're only on for an hour today. So our Too party bad. will continue for another half hour. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Rogan and Rodney. Rodney Fred Rogan. Yeah, Fred. I, I'm sorry. I was just I was watching that game last night, watching them, and I'm don't get me wrong. I'm I'm rooting. I'm love to see the Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. And I, I really want to see that happen. I'm watching that game and I'm angry because I, I do remember not too long ago, less than a year ago, the attacks that came down on Doc Rivers. You know, and yeah, sure, there's some moments and things of that nature, but they thought that that was the answer. And oh yeah, you know, Doc's unfit and all those type of things, and 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 didn't know how to, to guard Jokic. In, in the in the playoffs last no year, no adjustments. no adjustments to Jokic and Montrez and all those things, and they got to change the culture and get rid of Montrez, get rid of Lou Williams, you know, bring in a new coach, and here they're down 0-2, losing the first two games at home in the first round of the playoffs. You know, I just I, I was just I was speaking for Doc, I guess is what I was saying because Doc can't say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, bottom line is this: if if they get knocked out. I don't know what you do if you're the Clippers. Yeah, what do you do? I don't know what, what you, you do. I know we got we only got an hour, man. But but what, what what do you do? You're you're in as I said. You're in the place I always say you never want to be. You're no man's land. Yeah. You're not bad. You're certainly not bad. You're not bad enough to finish at the bottom. You're not good enough to win it. Tom, they're not in no man's land, Fred. Yeah. They were a top seed this year in the West. It doesn't matter. It Kevin, does matter. No, it no stop, no, Fred. It, it does. It, it does. Doesn't matter. They're not still a seven can come or back and win. Yeah, this they're series. not a seven or an eight yeah. seed, Fred. It doesn't matter. They're a matter. contender every single year. Yeah, but you know what? 
this is the second year with these two players. Yeah, but this Kawhi series is not and, over yet either. Right. Yeah, well, what I'm saying, I'm saying if they come up short, that's what I'm yeah. saying. If they come up short, that means I don't care what they did in a regular season. It's irrelevant. We live in Los Angeles, not not Timbuktu. You got to win here. It doesn't matter. They have a chance to win with those two players as their two best but players. But we've seen if they get knocked out two years in a row that they were knocked out. Yeah, is they have a them? chance to win. Is it them or is it they're missing one more piece? I don't know, Rodney. Guy. That's what I'm saying. What do you yeah. do? Yeah. What, because this is not going to work. That's the bottom line. Whatever this is, if they get knocked out, it doesn't work. Did Shaq and Kobe not work when they kept getting knocked out for years and years before they got Phil Jackson? Did that combination, one-two punch, not they work? They just got Ty Lue. They right. just got their new coach. All right. And Maybe. if they get knocked out in the first round, that's what I'm saying. What do you do? It This doesn't work. They're not firing Ty Lue. He just got here. Well, do they find another superstar? Can they afford it? Who is that guy? I don't know. But I know yeah, who this. fits with the chemistry, right? Who right. fits? And I thought the point you made was brilliant. Your point about you got two guys that are exactly the same. They're both really good. They're both top players. But where's the oomph? Where's the dog? Where's somebody stepping up? They don't have that. Rondo? Okay. He's a rental. Where is that guy? If they get knocked out, this doesn't work. Something has to change. Did but you see? Did you see? Yeah. And, and to that point of having that guy, did you see LeBron going at KCP last I did. night? I mean, that's what I'm talking about. He passed him the ball for a, a open three, and KCP made the extra pass. Right? I think it was uh, Schroeder missed it. I believe right. it was. And that came in the timeout, and they showed him. He said, when I pass you the ball, shoot it. Shoot it. He was angry. I put you in that position to shoot it. And and I don't see that guy on the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, look, I can't tell you what the issue is, and they haven't lost the series. And I said before the playoffs started, they had to get to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, they have to do something. But don't, Kevin, don't sit here and tell me, well, um, it works. There were top seed. I don't give a rat's ass if they're a top seed. That doesn't matter. We live here. You cannot compare them to like Portland or the I'm bottom not, of the but Western. You know but we you are when Portland. you say they're a no man's land. We don't live in Portland. I don't. That doesn't matter to me, Fred. When it comes to that, that part doesn't matter. They're a good enough team to be able to win fifty games in the regular season. And what, what is that, that missing piece? Now? Let me finish. What is that missing piece? I don't know. I don't either. But you're sitting here telling me that they can't compete for a championship or because they lost the last couple of years, which they haven't lost They're not yet, sitting, by the way. Yeah, but, but, yeah it defines – because when you say no man's land, I think you, we're, we're thinking they're they're going to finish in seventh or eighth no, seed every I'm single year. That, no, if you live in – And Port, that's not the case. If they're going to be either the – Where you live doesn't matter. Seed. Yeah, it does matter. No, it doesn't. It does matter. It we are talking about deal. whether you can compete or you cannot. I'm taking markets out of it. I don't care about any of that. But you know what? That doesn't matter. Because the expectations are different in different markets. No. You, you don't sit here and say, uh, you know what? The Chargers had a pretty good, hey, the Chargers really had a nice year. Let's say they do this year and they get knocked out. Okay. They didn't win. You need to win here. Dave Roberts said it. You've got to win to be relevant. Not just take up space. LAFC won, the Galaxy has won, the Kings have won, the Ducks have won. You've got to win here. 
You can't always be, well, next year it's going to be our year. That's what you do in Portland. That's what you do in Salt Lake City. The Clippers have set their own expectation by bringing these two guys in as superstars. I'm not disagreeing with that. What were the expectations for the Lakers in 2016, Fred? Nothing. Exactly. But they played in L.A., didn't they? They were in no man's land. They had to make adjustments. That's different. The Lakers winning 17 games back in 2015 is different than the Clippers now. You have, there's, when you say no man's land and they're not going anywhere, they're mediocre, they're not good enough, that's not where the Clippers are. From a talent standpoint, I do think they're good enough. Is something missing? 100%. Does something have to change if they don't win the championship or make it to the conference finals? Absolutely. But to say that they're that, that the expectation level is different or that this can't be Portland or this can't be the market doesn't matter. The expectation right now for, say, the Milwaukee Bucks is to win a championship because that's how it's been the last couple of years. Your expectations are defined by what you have on your roster. Yeah, and are not they by good enough? Live. Are they good enough yes. to win a title, Fred, in your opinion, the Clippers? Not if they don't, I'll tell you that. No, 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 no. That's, no, not, no, that's no. not answering the question. <laughs> you know what? Uh, no, and here's why. You mentioned Milwaukee. Here's the difference with Milwaukee. Here's the difference with Portland. Here's the difference. You're doing markets again. No, there's one team there, Kevin. I hear what you're saying. I understand. There's one team. To be here and succeed, you got to be the top dog. You've put yourself in a position to win. You have done that. You have gone out and signed players. You've improved your roster. You have grown from the depths of the Donald Sterling era. You've done all of that. And it hasn't worked. And it hasn't worked. And you've got these two but guys. But you're saying that they have a chance to win a championship. The team that they've constructed are good enough to win a championship. Like we talk about all the time in, in, in when I was in Detroit or some other places, we could be good, but we weren't good. We didn't take that next step to be a championship team. But you know what? If they get knocked out early this year, if that happens, yeah. then you, you know look something? at them. Yeah. They are missing something. Whatever that it is, they are missing it. Because in theory, you have two of the top players in the game. Guys, you went out and got. Right. Absolutely. And they're not enough to win it. That's a problem. You, Where do you go? But I, so, so if they don't win it, they'll, they're sitting in no man's land. You don't feel like they're sitting in no man's land now no. until they get knocked out. What I'm saying is every year with Kawhi and Paul George in town, every year the Lakers jump over them if the Lakers were to win the title again if the Lakers were to go deeper deeper into the playoffs and then get eliminated that hurts the Clippers there are two teams in this market one of them is fighting for relevance one of them needs to win correct for relevance and if they don't win in this market they are in no man's land they're nowhere they can't increase their footprint and I'm not saying they would dramatically. But what I'm saying is, if this doesn't work, they've got to do something. And if the Lakers win it again and they get knocked out early, they get knocked farther back. All of a sudden, you have two guys that are really good that can't win. Yes. You're nowhere. You are yes. nowhere in your own market. You don't exist. But the question, I guess, was, are they, You, I think you phrased it like presently, they're in no man's land. I said the if, they, of, if they if get they get knocked out, if they get no knocked out, land. if they get yeah. knocked out, they are in no man's land. I agree with that. Yeah, because they have to do something. Oh, yeah, get all heated on me, Fred, Kevin. 
All right, well, that was that was good that we covered the Dodgers there. You went all heat miser on me, Fred. All right, well, when we come back, we'll talk Dodgers <laughs> and Vic will have the haiku. Bringing you L.A.'s best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Bogan and Rodney. Yeah. I'm like, oh God. All right, folks, the wait is over. Global superstars, Florida Georgia Line, are returning to the road this fall with their I Love My Country Tour 2021, presented by Old Camp and sponsored by T-Mobile. The Grammy-winning country group will make their way to the Forum in Inglewood on November 12th. Tickets go on sale Friday, June 4th at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Before we get out of here, we'd be remiss if we didn't have some spirituality. Oh, yeah. And to provide that, we welcome on our good friend Vic the Brick with a daily haiku at 2 at 12.55. Had to do it. Hello, Vic. Good afternoon, everybody. Lakers restored order last night. Yes. And kids, you can try this at home. Just like the Lakers did in Phoenix. They boxed out. They yep. boxed out. They boxed out Aiton. Game one, Aiton was all over the boards. You know, no one was boxing out the Suns. Lakers are bigger. Lakers are better. Lakers in six. And now, to our Dodgers. Eight in a row. Muy caliente hot. They got Bauer going in Houston. And it's going to be a wild game. Wild. And this haiku for you is from Mesetsu. 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 Brad, I think you'll enjoy this one. Please. Uh-huh. This haiku on this Wednesday, May the 26th. From Mesetsu. The winds of heaven arise. My flapping robe seems gently pulled by angels from the skies. I'm feeling you. I'm Mesetsu. Anytime you got the flapping robe, Vic. Mesetsu. And the angel's Ooh. taking a little peek. Wow. I thought you well, flapping robe. I liked it. Kind of what erotic haiku today. Mm-hmm. You know Mesetsu. He goes on the wild side. It's time for our world champion Dodger baseball, Dodger Stadium. Starting June 15th, Dodger Stadium's returning to full capacity. Tickets for reopening day on the 15th and the rest of the season go on sale tomorrow at 4. Check out the full promotion and giveaway schedule, including special World Series commemorative items at Dodgers.com slash tickets. Vic, thank you for the haiku. Ronnie and Kevin, thank you for one hour today. Rodney will catch our breath and go get him tomorrow. Let's do it. Live and die in LA.